Welcome to Beautifully Bloomed, the podcast where we explore how to break you out of the box of rules and beliefs that are holding you back from the life you are meant to live. I'm your host, Rebecca Turville. Join me as I share mindset tools, coaching conversations, and human design to help you uncover your unique gifts and create the life, relationships, and business you desire. Welcome today to our podcast episode with Diana Murphy. Welcome, Diana. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) Yay. It's so fun to have you here. Um, Tell our audience, how do you and I know each other? How did you get to know of me or any of that? Yeah, I think um, I knew you were an LCS coach, but I know it was like kind of from Karen Gillen's world, like where you were on either a retreat at the same time or workshop. And also like she was digging into um, human design and had been a big encourager for me to dig in a little bit. And then you and I then had a session. And so I'm glad I got, I have gotten that chance to know you a little better. And so I've just been following you a little bit. Yeah. And what I remember about you is that I saw you at events at the life coach school, like the mastermind event, maybe. And yeah. you got a hundred thousand dollar reward probably that time. Not yet. No, I have not been on that stage yet. It will be this year. Finally. I missed it by like $3,000. I think the last time. <laughs> maybe it was something about that, but I know at least at the, the event, podcast. Yeah, or That's you what might have it was. gotten coached or something at the event. I don't know. I saw you somewhere. Well, and <laughs> I have been on Brooks' podcast when I did hit a hundred k, and that was that was memorable being asked to be on that podcast. Yes. Okay. So I saw you there. Yeah. And I noticed you were part of Karen's world, but you and I weren't there at the same time. I think you yeah, came. No, after. I think we kind of missed yeah. each other a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Yes, you came after. So, anyways, it's super fun to have my fellow life coach school coaches on. Yes. And but we're talking not today really about a coaching topic, although. I think it's an area a lot of people could use a lot of support in. Today, we're talking about faith transitions or faith crisis, I guess, because it's what I'm experiencing in my life right now, what I'm going through. So I'm bringing people on to talk about their experiences with faith, especially women (laughs) with faith and what they've been through. So my first question, Diana, is did you grow, were you born into a religion? Somewhat. Um, it was more like as a family structure, a more classic Protestant experience. And my family were not big churchgoers when I was little, but we were baptized a- in the church. And then my, I knew that my, one of my grandmothers, my dad's mom was very religious and went to church all the time. And she was raised in Alabama. So that was more a Southern Baptist thread for her, but we didn't as a family start going to church until I was more in fifth grade. And when I was in middle school and high school, had more of my kind of faith experience within my family. We all were going and having kind of our own journey and inquire together and things like that. Well, that's interesting. So when you started going to church in fifth grade or whatever, was there all of a sudden a new set of ways to behave or? No, no, there really wasn't too much. It was, I was excited as I was one of those littles that loved school and that kind of thing. So my mom sending me to Sunday school was like, Oh, cool. You know, like that was always a positive experience. So I don't think that I did not feel the rules and some of the kind of church legalism. I didn't feel any of that until I was more in a Bible study setting as an adult when I, and being here in Atlanta. Yeah. It was much more when I felt that kind of um, expression of faith, that part of it. 
So you were in a Protestant kind of faith up until you graduated from high school or when did you kind of leave that? And so I kind of left the church experience. I tried a Bible study and in college and I didn't love how the leader was talking about things. I felt like I was only getting her view and not like as a good objective teacher. And I was like, oh, this isn't for me. And I was in a really liberal town. I went to University of Colorado Boulder. And so it wasn't real churchy. You know, there wouldn't have been a lot of access. I'm sure there's campus ministries, but I did more rejecting of the church as I came out of high school and through college. And so you rejected it because it just didn't feel good to you or. Yeah. And I was really, I'm going to give away my um, age, but I was really part of the Jesus movement culture. My age was when there were starting to be large conferences, Willow Creek that started in a uh, movie theater and really famous um, church community. It's been in the news a little more lately, Um, but it was started in a movie theater, like one town over. And so I had a lot of that evangelical feel kind of excitement around the Jesus movement and being a Jesus follower. Um, And so I think I was more rejecting that like over the top kind of experience of it that my whole life has changed. And, you know, I wanted more, I think later what, that what happened in my learning is I wanted something more to apply in the day to day as a mom. And I wanted, you know, I, I hadn't left my belief in God, but I had left the practice of faith during college and through my early marriage. When you're talking about the Jesus movement, are you talking about those revival tents and stuff? Not, no, that would be more the Southern Baptist way. It was much more like, think of very contemporary band music and large events where youth would come and which still go on today, but it was really the beginning of that. Oh, interesting. No. So when I'm just curious what people mean when they're born again, the born again, are you born again was a lot of the theme of the way that you talked about being in faith then. Yeah. So in college, you kind of tried a Bible study, but that didn't really work out for you. So what about how did, so you got married, I assume, right? You got married. And then how did you and your husband decide like what kind of, so we got married in my home church where I had had choir and all those experiences. And I love that it was a Christian ceremony. But I knew that we, I was into it more. Like I wanted to read C.S. Lewis and get back in my books and things. And there was just this timidity I had about introducing that in our marriage because it wasn't the original part of our relationship. And so I kind of pushed back myself again and just went on building my career and, you know, being in our early marriage. But I, I know I married my husband because he was such a truth teller and like, not in terms of like the rules of following church, but the ethical side of really how you show up with other people. Like I felt very safe and like, it was what God wanted. Like, I felt like we were matched as a great couple that really cared about each other. And I felt like, so I didn't feel like in my marriage, I was, you know, moving away from faith. I felt like it echoed what I really, really believed. We just weren't practicing. And we were in New York City then too. So there wasn't access to a lot that would have been kind of normal for me, like a Protestant. There was a lot of Catholicism and, and other yeah. faiths. So. Yeah. So, so when is it? Cause I know eventually you went back to yeah. a religious practice. Like when did that come into your life? So I had a friend that I was working out with and I had, my kids were two and five and I had just moved to Atlanta from the Midwest 
And I had a friend that recommended I go to a Bible study. I was coming to her with like my mother-in-law problems and other things going on. And I do think it was a phase of my life that I was like a major complainer. <laughs> like I always, there was always something wrong. And I was always, you know, like, oh my God, I can't wait till this. You know, a lot of things that have actually like were part of my identity then, but have really changed since I've been coached so much. But um I think she was hearing what my heart was that I was kind of sad about some things and wanted to navigate some difficulties. And for her, that was faith. And so she invited me to a Bible study and I'll never forget. I walked in the room and they were singing familiar songs and somebody was going to teach me more. And it will like, it just lit me up again. And I literally remember getting back in the car and saying, I'll never leave you again, Jesus. Like I am all in. And I have never felt like I've left the faith of following Christ, but I have navigated different churches and had a journey through all of that. So it was in a Bible study. Yeah. It's, it sounded like a, like you entered a place where there was some community too. You felt good with, because I think that's always part of it. Yeah. 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 It's like, Ooh, I feel a connection here and right. We can feel like the spirit is probably here or whatever. Yeah. Like we want yeah, for me, that, that is, yeah. I yeah. experienced, I was explaining to a friend that my, that is really having a journey on faith and we're having such great conversations. And, um, I really, in a worship experience, that is where for me emotionally, I feel really connected to God and my community. You know, I can look back and look at rows of people that believe the same thing and we're speaking truths about God. And it is, that is a very emotional experience for me. That's a way, a practice almost for me where I feel very connected. So COVID has totally disrupted that part. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I can see from, from what you're saying, even from my experience, I think singing together with Mm -hmm. a group of people. Yeah. Even though I didn't like a lot of the church songs, some of them I thought were okay and some were nice, yeah. right? And I really like some of them, but still just even singing as a large group of people together, I think there's something that f- makes you feel connected yeah. in that yeah. way. I think it's that it humanity feels, experience yeah. and we are of one, a similar mind, you know, even though there's like differences in the audience, it's just that, that is that communal you know, singing together any song, like think about how we are when you sing even the national anthem in a football <laughs> stadium, right? If I know. There is that Always like, the oh tears gosh, come to my all... eyes. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be church because for me, I love going to concerts. I always wondered yes. why do I love going to live concerts? Like you can listen to their music on, you know, yeah. iTunes anytime you want it, right. But going to a live concert is so amazing, right? The, the, energy mm-hmm. in the room and especially when everybody's standing up singing the same song as they're singing yeah. on stage like it's yeah. just this whole experience yeah so I've thought a lot about that that oh there pro- I just feel so spiritual even at a concert yeah yeah I'm similar I have that similar music kind of hit yeah definitely I just love music yeah so I'm curious so you started at this Bible study. And did that lead like that Bible study? Those people were from a specific church. No. So the Bible study was intentionally across all denominations. In fact, the teacher, you know, we're in Southern Baptist Bible belt kind of culture because I'm in Atlanta, but the teaching director who basically was our pastor, like she taught us every week about the lesson. It was in a small sermon, like 25 minute teaching. And she was Catholic. 
And you know, not a lot of Catholics study the Bible, but she did. And it was in this community where anyone that wanted to dig in and learn together was welcome. And so I l- always have loved that type of community where there aren't rules about whether this is, you know, you've done communion or you've learned this way. It's like, hey, you want to follow Jesus and want to learn. This is like open door. Like I've always loved communities that are like that. And I, that journey, I became a teaching, associate teaching director. I led women in small group. It was a leadership growth experience for me as I, because I was so enthusiastic. I got invited in um, to lead more. So did you start studying the Bible so you could teach other people too? Not that wasn't my purpose. I just wanted to understand it more. And then when I felt comfortable with it, even leading small groups of women, it was really just to facilitate the discussion. And so that is what's helped me be a group coach. (laughs) So fascinating. All these little pegs of experience in your life. You're like, why did I do that? And it was like, oh, look how it's contributing to today. But it was not so that I taught others. It's kind of scary to be in that seat where you're asked. And I was associate teaching director and taught six times during the year to be the sub for the teaching director. And that was daunting because you felt like you're leading this entire group with what you studied and what you bring to the table. And so that was a very humbling experience. I can imagine. That was not my intention to do that. (laughs) I love being in groups of women, but that was like, oh, you're asking me to what? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, but as we learned in coaching, like just holding space for conversations of people who have different opinions and like that can be like a huge coaching tool is holding space. Yeah. Right. So, so I felt I see how that I learned felt. a lot from that. And I ended up leading and starting a Bible study at my kids' high school and for moms. And in that, I felt very called. I got these ideas that I wanted I should start a Bible study. I tried it in my neighborhood and no one was really interested, but they gave me all these names and they ended up being fellow moms at the same school. And I started it in my home and we outgrew it. And it was also easier to be near school. So everybody could be a part and not have to drive over to my house. And we had 45 women, 45 to 50 women gathering during the years my kids were in school. And I led that group. (laughs) Yeah, it was. And so we had, I had discussion leaders. I replicated what I'd learned from the Bible study and it ended up being a really supportive, great we could go to these, it was a big high school. We could go to football games and see fellow moms we were doing life with and, and be able to support each other. Yeah. So in the Bible, I'm just curious now, cause it sounds kind of like a book club. Is it, it kind of like a book club? Well, and it transitioned into a book club okay. when the kids went to college, which is fascinating. Yeah. Yes, it really yeah. is in a way. Yeah. And we I would mean- choose we would choose studies by Beth Moore and, and large, you know, like I go to the bookstore and let that be my foundation to teach them. So I really was only facilitating the learning. I was never the teacher. Yeah. So you were reading books together. You weren't necessarily reading the Bible together. No, the, the Bible studies would be literally where you read context and background of the Bible verses And then application questions, how does this show up for you today? And so you would literally go to scripture all week and answer these questions and then share what was going on for you and what questions you might have when we're in group conversation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's fascinating because I can see how that could be so eye-opening to see what other people think about what the Bible says or what, you know, because 
I don't know, but I was taught just there's one way and there's mm-hmm. this way and this is the only way and it's very orthodox, right? It's the right yeah. way. <laughs> so right. um, to see other opinions or thoughts on it is super interesting. So what, ha- so that was part of it. And then how did you find the church then that you started going to, or did you go to many? I did. I was at, I did like choosing churches that were close to me, you know? And so I found, um, we were in the Northern suburbs of Atlanta and I found a sweet Lutheran church that the kids liked going to. It was in the backyard of our neighborhood. And they, in fact, were like for the first time offering Bible studies. And I started, I was a leader there (laughs) after being a leader in the other way and um, met a sweet group of women and actually became best friends, very dear friends with a woman that had a cancer diagnosis in the middle of that group starting and that we were kind of called together to support her. It was just, it was a beautiful way that like community gets drawn together to study the Bible. But then what we ended up doing is really being a safe landing space for this, this woman that had very aggressive cancer, but she is a survivor. She's still alive today. That was many years ago. And again, and I've been to her kids' weddings and all, all the things. So that, but that was an honor. That was um, another, but I went to churches that I felt were giving me opportunities that matched kind of what I, I thought, or the way I like to practice. And um, so I did have a journey of visiting different churches. Yeah. And so probably four or five in Atlanta, at least four. Yeah. I've been, I've been part of four churches. Did you land on one then eventually where you went? Yeah, but now I'm in a journey, I think of searching again. And so um, I'm, I had been drawn to the big kind of popular churches in Atlanta And they are what you would call evangelical and they're non-denominational. They're not tied to a particular um, group, but both the big ones that I, that are in my backyard are both founded kind of from people that have more a Southern Baptist background, but it still is not connected to the Southern Baptist church or convention or however they talk about that. I mean, are they kind of the churches kind of like, like one I've heard of is Hillsong or yes. what's yes. another one? I can't think, but it's just There's like, Hillsong, these are the names. I'm part of Passion City Church, um, which is a large youth movement as well. It, it, our church came after the youth movement. The pastor was in Atlanta and was called to start a church, even though there's plenty of churches. And that's what I became a part of and have, have loved it. And that church community ended up being a stronger support for the, the youth movement, because then now we have volunteers, you know, and I mean, youth events on January weekends that fill stadiums, like big deal events. And so that church, so I've watched that kind of community going on. Yeah. And so what you said, so you, you've been in this church now for a while, and now you feel like you're on this questioning place mm-hmm. and like, what is that? So apparently though, this church offered something for you, there's community, probably yes. there's something about worship or the, yes. the music or the feeling. Absolutely. And the welcoming, yeah. um, when they opened the church, they, made sure that they were good neighbors. Like they do a very good job. If there's a fire in an apartment nearby, we are on the ground. Like we take that responsibility. And I love that charitable side of being a part of that. We have a poor community near us in, you know, subsidized housing. And I have watched the backpacks that I bought 
walking down the street with these kids skipping as they left the distribution center. And, you know, so that was one of the things that drew me in community and the way that they were showing up as they built this church. So like the service aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. And and to do it collectively, like I donate two backpacks, but then I see hundreds being given away and really filling a need or books for the whole, the entire Atlanta city public schools gets a new book. Every student gets a new book every year. And that's something that we did. Yeah. So there's these great parts Mm -hmm. about religion sometimes, right? Really really serve people. Now I'm curious because you and I have talked a little bit about this, but what about the role of women? Like what is that? How does that show up in your church? So I watch in this community, very powerful leaders, the pastor's wife who owns, she runs a record label. I see others running real estate, doing their own entrepreneurial journeys. And, and as of course, as mine, it was very supported. I was a mentor and ended up getting matched with women that were very high career women, because then we would, you know, we have a commonality there's such a fostering of that. Like there was an honoring, like, oh, Diana, we know you can't come to all these events because you're running your business. So there was an honoring of it. There wasn't a confusion. Like I've actually had more in my cultural mom group before, like, why are you working? Yeah. And I'm like, so it was fun to be in a yeah. church community that I felt supported my work and the things I was doing, but it's still like, is now kind of in my studying about patriarchy, about racism, all the things that have really come to the surface for me and in our community. Um, I'm getting confused why women are not taking leadership roles and being on stage. And I know what some of the scriptures are that teach that, but in, in, I just don't understand why women are not given a teaching role unless it's just a group of women, like why wouldn't a woman, if a man can teach a mixed crowd, why isn't a woman allowed to teach a mixed crowd? And I do think that, and reading about, um, I've been digging into the breaking down the patriarchy podcast and they do so much research and focus on a book. I feel like it's another place I can get very healthy historical root information. It helps me to really understand where some of this, these roots came from. So I can give grace to my church. They're following what they think is right. But I'm like in this space where I'm like, this is confusing. I don't understand why we're still doing it this way. It is confusing. I, I have this thought that if Jesus taught love, like unconditional love, right? why can't Christians have unconditional love and everybody is equal and everybody has the same opportunities and everybody is just as worthy. I have all these questions. (laughs) And I was thinking about this when I was getting ready, I was thinking about the scripture that talks about, there is nothing, neither white, nor black slave free. You know, there's a whole list um, that can prevent us from having a relationship with Christ. So if like, I'm wondering just if our patriarchal, you know, colonialism, you think of what's all embedded in these roots is just expressing itself in the structure of how the church was built. And we are like men and women are unaware where it's really coming from. Just like racism. Now, if you really understand the history, and that was some of my journey when the race riots happened, I was in a group of mixed people. And one of the men was 
uh, was a, a historian and he studied his entire family and their plantation and the entire origin of all the people and where did they come from. And to understand the deep roots of our history explains so much. And I feel like my brain is going to that same place in grace. Like, oh, of course we think this is the way to do it. And our scripture has been written in current Bible study, you know, Bibles, translations. I heard you on some of the podcasts, like, but this was translated by a white guy again, right? Like <laughs> there's these translations. Like, yeah. <laughs> and the, our words come from our history and the way, and we don't question them. And I just, in this phase where I want to start questioning what I've been taught, because I know what I was taught when in a racism kind of way, when Rodney King came up and like all of those historical things and watching what my parents said to me. And now I'm like, Oh no, I understand this very differently right now. So I love watching documentaries around it. And I love digging into the history and helping me to just understand the roots of it and then offer grace and question. Yes. And I feel like that for me is where I'm at right now. I'm like, okay, I want to go research the truth. Like, where did the Bible come from? Who wrote it? Like, why? You know, why did they write it? Exactly. It's interesting if you study things like um, from historians who study Bible from a historical perspective, you know, what they talk about versus people who just have the belief that it's all true. And they're going to go from that perspective and talk about it that way, instead of coming to the fact that, well, who knows if it's true or not, let's just study what's the history of it. I don't, it's just opened me up to a whole new world, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And And it it just, yeah. Oh, it's so. I feel like there was at our mastermind with Brooke, this is the September, 2019. And she was doing like, as a thought leader was saying, questioned everything like flip it on its head. And I got shaky about like, she goes, even God and even, you know, and she knows she's speaking to a room of, there's a lot of Mormons in our community. There's a lot lot of, you know, and I was like, wait, I'm going to do this and just see where I come up with. And I realized what a fear. And I do think that's where fundamentalism and follow the rules it's done almost with a good intention. Like, okay, wait, if we do go to hell because of this, then I want to protect you from going to hell. And I feel like we are, you know, I just think we get too trite with what, like what can separate us from God? Well, I know, and I believe the word and the letters that say nothing can separate us. He comes to us. It's not like, and so I, I just think that we do need to be in conversations and, and, and this year, this last two years, we've kind of separated, you know, political and, yes, you know, everything. we, we got, yes. we're, we're like in so much fear that somebody doesn't agree with us, that we're not giving ourselves some space to go, okay, wait, what do you think? And just giving them space to say so. And like, well, this is what I think. Yeah. And let's be okay. Can't we just all think whatever we want to think? And who, like, why can't I believe different than you? Yeah. Why does it really matter? Yeah. You know? I do think um, it comes from fear. Like when I watch the roots of Catholicism, that, you know, the Bible was not given to the people at the time, you know, with some of the roots of it. And I even had a fellow sister-in-law that was told to be afraid to read the Bible because only for leaders. And so again, that separates its literacy. It's like, it's like 
having girls that aren't in school. Like if you have a whole group of people that isn't reading from the same book, they're just being fed through one human, then there's no critical thinking. But it also, I feel like church leaders were trying to, they really did believe if you did not do these sacraments or you did not do these things, they really believed you, you might, you go to hell. And so we've got to protect the people. And they do it thinking, assuming that they're stupid and don't can't think for themselves and can't like, that's where I think we get misled good intention kind of initially, but making an assumption that women can't handle it or meant, you know, that type of thing. Like the patriarchy podcast is talking about, you know, that women really were not given, given access. And then they were seen as someone that they were emotional. And they couldn't handle it. And they couldn't, no, they were separated because they weren't given the same access. Yeah, it is just, yeah, the history of women. Like I always got, because I enjoyed watching those historical um, TV shows. Like uh, what is one, Henry, was it called Henry Eighth, And one was about the Spanish Oh, I can't, you know, what? they're, they're like all that. those old Kings and Queens shows. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're now. I yeah. can't remember. I watched them so long ago, but what was interesting, it was so much focused around religious wars, right? It was like, Oh, yes. the Catholics was a thing. And if you're not a Catholic and then off with your head and then yeah. you know, it was just, it was just crazy. And, yeah. and, and, and that was my begins, my beginnings of questioning where did religion come from? Because that's, I was watching these shows about the Kings and Queens and all these wars about religion. And it was so scary, right. To believe something different or to say you believe something different than was the land. And so those roots are still in our faith stories, right? Like the way we don't realize that with like in today's catechism classes and, you know, in Catholicism come from that root of that's the only way, you know, wherever we just aren't questioning the roots of what we're believing. Yes. And so that's the journey I'm on. And that's yeah. why, why I bring guests like you to just talk about the interesting things yeah. <laughs> that we can really um, go and learn about when yeah. we are open to it. And when yeah. we're not, it's just, yeah. it just, for me, it's opened up my compassion and all of the things for other people and what they believe. Because for so long, it's like, no, this is the way, this is the only way, this is the right way. This is what I was taught is the way, right? Yeah. And it's just hard to be open to other things when you're told, oh, don't, you know. Yeah. It's a, again with that fear. It's like you're going to go off a cliff if you look at or do anything else. And even I had a little edge of that the way I reacted to Brooke, just a thought exercise question, everything. And I was like, oh, I can't. I, I mean, God might not love me anymore if I'm like, I'm not supposed to question it. Oh my gosh. Like if I question something, ah, right. But anyways, so Diana, tell us where can we find out more about you and what you do? What do you, Uh, I'm in a (laughs) wonderful rebranding. Um, so my website is a little clunky. Some of the pages are amazing and we're redoing, but, um, I'm at Diana Murphy coaching.com. I post all my, you can sign up for my newsletter there. If you're a business owner, I love serving owners through really helping them to calm down and not be as stressed, which causes a lot of overworking. And so I help CEOs of small businesses really step into their shoes, that calling that they have for their business. 
And I am on LinkedIn. I love being connected on LinkedIn and you can connect with me on my website as well. well awesome. I have a podcast too. Ooh, what's your podcast It's going called? to be called, so watch oh. for it because we're renaming <laughs> Regret Proof Your Business. Awesome. And so regret proofing is my theme regret right now. Proofing. Sounds amazing, Diana. Thank you so much for bringing your perspective. Oh, it's been on so today. fun to be here. <laughs> All right. We'll talk later. Bye. See you soon. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please go subscribe so that you get notified of all the future goodies that are coming along. While you're there, please leave me a review and let me know what you think. So excited to share this with you and can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye.